Welcome to this week's energy show. Rooftop solar is the cheapest way to generate electricity for your home. It's good for almost every house, except if you have a lot of shading on your roof. So today, we're going to talk about rooftop solar on real-world rooftops in neighborhoods where there are trees and there's shade and there's chimneys and there's telephone poles and things like that. And the reason why it's significant is your solar output is going to be less if there's shading. And if you have less power output from the solar panels, you're going to have less money saving. So it's going to affect your economics, and it could be pretty significant. So it's important to know how your system performance is going to be affected by either a little bit of shade or a lot of shading. And I would say right off the bat, if you have a lot of shading at the current pricing for solar, it's probably not a good idea to put in solar. In other words, if your roof is 50% shading, you're going to basically pay twice as much for the energy that you get from your system than if there was no shading at all. So it's something to look into. Now, the reality is every single system has a tiny bit of shading, usually early in the morning. Sun's coming up, you know, basically when the sun comes over the horizon. Their roof doesn't have any direct sun. There might be neighboring trees. Could be across the street. Could be buildings. Not a lot of energy output early in the morning, late in the day. So when the sun is very low, in low light conditions, shading isn't that big a deal. But the shading does become significant if the shading on your roof happens kind of around the the peak of the day. And, And just assuming that solar noon is around noon, if the shading's between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m., it's going to have an impact. And obviously much worse if the shading happens around noon when the output of the system is the greatest. So we're going to talk about those details in a minute. Now, the reason why this is important is you have to pay attention to your installer, to your salesperson, because he or she is the person that's really going to give you guidance on this. You're going to have to figure out if shading is really going to be significant. And there are some installers, some, some uh, salespeople from installation companies that aren't going to be um, entirely objective about what the output loss is going to be with a little bit of shading. And just for example, there's a house around the corner from me. I pass it almost every single day. They have nice solar panels on the west roof over their house. The problem is there's a big magnolia tree right in front of that west roof. I mean, the tree trunk is like 10 feet from the roof, and the tree is, you know, 20 or 30 feet high. And th- these are very dense leaves on magnolias. They almost never drop their leaves. So this roof is always shaded every single day. Now, maybe that the solar panels around the edges might get a little bit of sun, but it's always shaded. And it just amazes me that somebody would even install solar panels under a tree. It's not a good investment if they're heavily shaded. You know, I kind of feel bad for that homeowner, that neighbor. They kind of got suckered. They wasted their money on the solar panels that are underneath that tree. And I see that, unfortunately, more often than I would like. In the old days, you'd never see that. But now I think just because everybody wants to get solar, they put it up in places where it's only going to generate a tiny bit of the energy that it really should. Now let's talk about how that happens. The reason why you may get encouraged to put solar panels in a shaded area is you got to remember most solar salespeople usually get a commission on the size of the system they put in so if there's a shaded roof and they could somehow pack another five to ten panels onto that roof even though the output might be 30 percent of what they're getting on an unshaded area some salespeople may be motivated to do that 
And the companies that they work for may kind of look the other way because those companies get revenue, whether it's leasing revenue or, or sales revenue from that. And that's a problem that our industry has, and there's consumer protections that we're putting in place to kind of discourage that. And the reason why it's a problem is a year after putting in the system or two years later, the homeowner scratches their head and says, you know, gee, how come I'm not getting nearly as much power as I thought? And the reason is your solar panels are pretty heavily shaded. Now, to kind of address this, and this is something that's going back California almost 10 years, is the case in many other states. Some of the rebates that states offer, and here in California, no more rebates. We don't really need them because the economics are so good. But in other states where the electricity rates are, are lower or the installation costs are higher, they sometimes make the rebate that you get proportional to the amount of shade you have. So it used to be in California is you had to do a very careful shading analysis. And if the system was 20% shaded, you would only get, you would lose 20% of your rebate. So if you had like a $10,000 rebate, but it was a 20% shaded system, you'd only get $8,000. It's kind of realistic. What ended up happening in reality is it just costs so much money to handle all that shading analysis and all the software involved and all the checks and balances that it was, um, without a doubt, costing more than it was worth. And also kind of what's happening within the industry and, and within our society is we really want to encourage as many people to put in solar as possible. So it's not an issue right now in California, maybe a slight issue elsewhere. I'm, I'm kind of of the belief that if a homeowner wants to pay for the system, and as long as they know what they're getting, it's okay to put a system in a partial shaded area. You actually want to encourage it. But when there's heavy shading, that's a problem. Now, there's different types of shade. There's different causes of shade. Now, the most common are from trees. You've got evergreen trees, which shade all year. You've got deciduous trees, which shed their leaves. Now, those trees are going to shade in the summer when you're getting the most production, but in the winter, you're going to get some partial sunlight through the tree canopy. A lot of houses have shading from a chimney. That chimney will just kind of cast a moving shadow around a few panels, and we can talk about that. Often, there's a lower roof and an upper roof. The lower roof may be shaded by portions of the house or that upper roof. And then sometimes where there's utility poles or wires, those poles may cast a, a shadow. The wires usually don't um, cast anything that's that significant. Let's just digress a little bit into how solar panels work and why the shading is significant. The sun puts out about 1,000 watts per square meter, and each solar panel is about 1.6 square meters, so you get 1,640 watts hitting a square meter of surface when that surface is perpendicular to the sun. And if that surface and if that solar panel were at 100% efficiency running at a relatively cool temperature, you get 1,640 watts. But the reality is that the solar panels are usually like 15, 18% efficient. The ones that are most common right now are 260 watt panels. And that 260-watt panel is running at about a 16% efficiency. In other words, 260 divided by 1,640, which is the maximum, which is the amount of energy that's hitting that meter squared, is what you get. So there's two factors that will affect the real output of your system, shading and orientation. And we talked about shading, but orientation is also important. You get that 1,000 watts a square meter, or let's just say 260 watts on a single panel at a 16% efficiency panel, when that panel is absolutely perpendicular to the sun. So if you were at the equator on at noon on the equinox, that's when the sun is directly over the equator, you would get 260 watts from that solar panel if it were flat. Now, we're north of the equator, everybody in the U.S., and typically we have roofs that are tilted at, say, 14 to 30 
or 40 degrees. So you can do some calculations to see what the output's going to be. And, and there's, these are cosine calculations. I'm not going to get into the details of it. But the reality is that the best tilt angle in the U.S., most of the U.S., is at about a 30-degree angle facing south. And if you've got a solar panel that's tilted at 30 degrees facing south, you're going to get 100% of the maximum output. So on a cool day, and when the sun is perpendicular to that panel, and it's going to vary depending on the orientation and the tilt angle, but on a cool day when the sun's perpendicular with that 260-watt panel, you're going to get 260 watts. That's DC. All other the times of the year, earlier in the day, later in the day, you're going to get less. When it gets hot, Ironically, you also get less output because solar panels put out less output when it's hot, and the opposite also applies. Solar panels put out more output when it's really, really cool. We're not going to worry about that too much. Now, just keep in mind that in the winter, the sun's really low in the sky. The winter solstice, that's the first day of winter, December 21st or so, sun's at 23 degrees below the equator. So here in Northern California, you know, that sun is going to be 23 degrees below the equator plus 37 degrees of latitude, which is where we're at. The sun's going to be at 60 degrees down from vertical. So if you tilt your panels up at, say, 14 degrees, you're going to get about 70% of the output you'd like from that panel. So typical roofs here in Northern California, 14 to 18 degrees, you're going to lose about 31% of the output on the worst day of the year which is in winter. So these are some calculations that your installer kind of automatically does. Fortunately, there's software for it, so we don't have to remember all this kooky trigonometry. You know, basically, you just remember that the more perpendicular the sun is to your solar panel, the more output you're going to get. And then obviously, the less shading you have, the more output you're going to get. So here's a rule of thumb for shading that installers use. The object that's creating the shading should be twice as far away from the solar panels as it is higher than the solar panels. So, for example, if you have a tree that's 20 feet above your roof, you want to make sure that that tree is at least 40 feet away from the panels to prevent significant shading. And you can kind of do the math of the tangent, arc tangent of a half a 0.5. It's 27 degrees. The sun's at 30 degrees here in Northern California in midwinter, so that's why you're not going to have any shading. Maybe have some shading in the, the morning and the afternoon, but not too bad. So just keep in mind that rule of thumb. And if that object is less, if that object is higher or closer to your roof, you're going to start getting some shading. Now here's what happens with shading. Remember, solar panels only work when they're in direct unshaded sunlight. If there's a big cloud that goes over, if you turn the solar panels away from the sun, you're not going to get any significant output. So some people talk about low light production. Their solar panels put out more output when there's low light. Well, the reality is there's not a lot of energy when there's low light, so it's pretty insignificant. But, you know, if you have 20 panels and 10 are shaded, you're going to lose 50% of the output. The math is pretty straightforward from that standpoint. But that assumes that the output decline is proportionate to the amount of shading, which isn't the case. It's worse on every panel. Partial shade on a single panel has a disproportionate impact. So, for example, if you shade the bottom third of a solar panel and you'd expect, hey, I'm only going to lose 33% of the output, you actually may lose 60 or 70% just the way that the bypass diodes are set up 
in that panel. These are safety things that are in panels that can keep them from overheating if there's a little bit of shading. But what ends up happening is it, it can actually, just a little bit of shading can knock out most of the output of the panel. Now, it even gets worse from a system standpoint because you have the same effect. The, the system output is not proportional to the amount of shading on the panels. If one panel in a long string of solar panels, and most early systems were installed with string inverters, if one panel is heavily shaded and it kind of bypasses and shut down, it could affect the output of the entire system. It's kind of like if you have a three or four cell flashlight, those big flashlights, and if one battery is dead, You'd expect maybe, you know, one out of four batteries, you'd still get 75% of the light. Well, the reality is this, the flashlight works really dim because the other batteries have to force that current through that dead cell. And the same thing happens on solar panels. If you have one that's completely shaded in a string of 10, you've got those other nine that have to kind of force the current through that panel. The output loss is much greater than 10%. So here's what we used to do in the solar industry. We would install smaller systems if they're shading. We would avoid installing near a chimney because you'd always have the shading from the chimney. And we'd avoid partially shaded roofs. Sometimes we would use multiple inverters. We would use one inverter on the east or one inverter on the west. Nowadays, the best solution are microinverters. We just call them modular electronics. Microinverters are good and optimizers are good. Microinverters convert the DC power into AC on the back of every panel. And optimizers work in conjunction with an ordinary string inverter. So you have an inverter on the side of the house, but then you have little micro, um, you have little optimizers attached in addition to the back of every panel. They basically both function the same way. And what these module electronics do, either microinverters or optimizers, is they keep all the rest of the panels working closer to their optimal level if one is affected by shading. So let's get back to a real-world example, this house around the corner from me. They have the panels on the west roof. There's a big magnolia tree right in front. That tree is 80% shading that roof. I must never see, I've never seen that entire roof unshaded. Now, early in the morning, when the sun is kind of in the east, you may get a little bit of oblique sunlight on that roof, but there's only a fraction of direct sun actually hitting that. The sun is hitting at such a, an oblique, sharp angle that you're really not getting much production at all in the morning. That's why it's optimized for the West. So they basically get almost no production in the morning because the sun angle is so low, and they get no production in the afternoon because of such heavy shading. And, you know, it's even worse in the winter when the sun is lower. So it just kind of scratched my head. And But I know what happened is that the solar salesperson said, oh, we're putting module electronics on there and don't worry about the shading. But the reality is this customer is going to be really upset in a year or two that they're just, you know, maybe getting half of the output they expected. So let's look at some real-world data to see what happens with shading. Now, this data all comes from simulation software called PV Watts, and that's what pretty much all the installers use. They use the algorithms in there. They might have their own coding for it, but it's all about the same. And these calculations assume proportional shading. And you're going to get output kind of similar to what you'd see with microinverters and optimizers. If your installer's not using microinverters or optimizers, it's going to be worse. So on this house here in the San Jose area, 20 solar panels, each 260 watts, the optimal amount of energy you'd get, this is kilowatt hours per year, if it's tilted at 30 degrees due south, is 7,762 watts. Now, we usually install at the slope of the roof. We don't tilt it up extra. So if you tilt it up to say, if the roof is at, let's say, 18 degrees, which is a 412 roof, instead of 30 degrees, you're getting 7,762 
681 kilowatt hours. So you lose 1%. So, and that's why installers don't bother tilting the panels up a little bit more because it's just only 1% difference and it costs a lot more money and it's, uh, to tilt it up and it doesn't look as good and it's not as, uh, there's more wind loading on it. So uh, installers always install pretty much at the, the slope of the roof. So we talked about that optimal south. 7,681 kilowatt hours, 99%. If you were putting those solar panels on the west roof, you'd only have 6,817 kilowatt hours, 88%. I'm going to talk about percentages because it's just easier. So if it's on the west, you lose 12%. If it's on the south, you only lose 1%. And that 1% is just because of the tilt. Now, let's say the roof is partially shaded. And this is kind of defined as about 15 or 20% shading. If it's partially shaded, you lose your output's 83%. So you lose 17%, well, 16% really because of the tilt angle on the south. And on the west roof, you're going to lose more like 25%. So you're running at about 75% efficiency. Now, if it's heavily shaded, and I've seen situations like this on the south, big, you know, some trees that are kind of in the front, maybe they're 50 or 60 feet away from the house or partially shading. Your output's only 60% of the ideal, so you're losing 40%. And if it's on the west roof and you've got a lot of shading there, you might be losing closer to 50%. So these numbers are pretty significant. And, you know, if, if your output is 50% less than optimal, you're basically paying twice as much for that system. So here's my recommendations as far as what you should do as a homeowner. And this is just my response to people who we talk to all the time about shading. Generally, if a homeowner says that they have a lot of shade, we'll take a look at the aerial photos. And sometimes we see this house surrounded by trees. We'll basically say to the homeowner right on the phone, sorry, there's really nothing we can do. You're going to have too much shading. It's not even worth putting a proposal together because you're not going to be happy. It's going to be expensive. And the output is really going to be a lot less. Now what we do is we use, there's some online tools and there's some even tools out there that can do a shading analysis. Remotely, we look at an aerial photo. And if we see a lot of shade on an aerial photo, and sometimes you can do a street view look and see the shadows on the roof, we just discourage the customers. Now, a lot of times, most of the times, the customers say, well, we have a little bit of shading. Now, I just kind of translate that a little bit of shading into solar speak, and that means they probably have a lot of shading, but it's worth looking at. The customer's interested. Maybe there's a way we can design the system to handle that situation when there's a little bit, little bit of shading. So here's what we do. If you have a small amount of shade, we talked about the effect that a high tree has, that it's important to make sure that that tree is twice as far away from the house as it is high above the roof. So the farther away that shading object is, the tree, the better it is. Now, the other thing is you can always trim your trees. And a lot of times we suggest this to the customers. They might trim them the first few years. And I remember situations like this going back almost 15 years. And we just tell the customer, you know that tree, that little tree that's in front of the house, that's in front of the roof where we're going to put solar? Well, just make sure it doesn't turn into a big tree. And sometimes they'll plant an oak tree there, a redwood tree there, and we'll say to them, listen, that's going to be a big tree. Whereas if it's one of the smaller trees or a dwarf tree, not that big a problem. So... A lot of times customers trim trees. A lot of times they trim them the first few years and they forget. The output goes down. We'll talk about that in a minute. Now, chimneys. A lot of times there's a chimney or a satellite dish that's going to cast a shadow somewhere around the system. When we use microinverters, it's not a problem. You're going to get a little bit of shading. 
on that panel, there may be a vent pipe that a few hours a day you're going to get a little bit of shading. That panel is going to have less output, but in the overall scheme of things, it's just one or two panels that are going to be partially affected. Not a big deal. It's usually still worth putting a system there or putting those extra panels in. If you have a utility pole or wires, the size of the shadow that's cast is about the size, the diameter of the pole or the wire. So the wire's tiny little shadow. Um, the pole, not that big a deal, and that moves across. So I usually don't worry about that, especially if you have microinverters or optimizers. If you have a higher section of the house or a dormer or a neighbor's house that's like just to the side of the house and maybe it's to the south of the house, that could cast a big shadow. And that may be significant. So we will generally not put solar panels on lower sections of roof when the upper sections of the roof are going to shade. Now, one of the really nice things about the panel-by-panel monitoring that we use with microinverters is that we can see what's happening with individual panels. And I just remember, you know, the system that I put on my roof years ago with microinverters when they first came out, I was watching how one panel was a little bit less in the morning than others. And it was because there was a little vent pipe next to it. This was the vent pipe from the hot water heater. And that was casting a little bit of shadow. So just that one panel was maybe on an annual basis like 85% of the output from the others, 15% on that one panel. Not a big deal. Still worth putting the whole array in. So that's some of the math you can do with panel-by-panel monitoring. We can really look at it. Now, if you have, and I'm just going to start with some round numbers again. Let's say each panel, in terms of dollars and cents, here in California, puts out about $100 worth of electricity per year. If that panel is partially shaded, you know, let's say it's the output of that one panel because it's near the chimney, or let's say that one panel is shaded by a tree, you may only get $50 of electricity out of that one panel per year. Well, you know what? It's probably not worth spending $500 to trim a tree that's causing a little bit of that shading. But if that tree is shading 10 panels, five years from now that tree grows up, you know, now it's shading 10 of your panels, then it's definitely worth it to trim the trees. And we see this pretty accurately with microinverters. We're able to monitor that. And we can go to the customer and say, you know, when we put in the system, these three solar panels near that tree, we're getting 90% of their rated output, only losing 10%. Now it's down to 50% because that tree grew up. It's time to trim that tree and you can see the economics for it. Now, if you already have solar, and it's kind of nice talking to a lot of people that already have solar on the roof, and there's a nearby tree, just remember, it's your responsibility to keep that tree trimmed. If you have a performance guarantee, some leasing systems and PPA systems have performance guarantees, it's your responsibility to keep that tree trimmed. The solar installer is not going to send a crew out every three years and, and, and trim that tree. It's your job. And so if you go back to the installer in five years and say, my output was less, they're going to say, well, you didn't keep that tree trimmed. So just keep that in mind. And most importantly, watch out if your installer says that you'll still get plenty of output from your system if you have a shaded roof. And watch out if they say, oh, don't worry, we're using optimizers or microinverters or something else. The module electronics will cure that shading. The reality, it won't. All those module electronics or optimizers are going to do is minimize the impact on the rest of the system. So, You might want to get a few different quotes. Candidly, even if you get a few different quotes, you're probably not going to be able to interpret the differences among those quotes. The best thing is just remember if those panels are in the shade, you're going to have less output. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. 
Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. (music) 